Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and we're back with another episode and more importantly another top guest. Joining me this afternoon is the first team manager Brian Smith and I'm sure you listeners have been looking forward to this one. Brian it's a pleasure to have you on board and I hope all is well. Yeah all good Dan, it's nice to be here. Fantastic. Okay, a good place to start. Actually, Brian, on behalf of myself and all the supporters, we'd like to officially welcome you to the club because we haven't done that yet. So how has the Blue Star experience been for you thus far? Oh, it's been excellent. Um, the whole setup and the, the club itself um, obviously is in a, is a great uh, position. And uh, everything that gets done behind the scenes, which people don't see, is as good as I've seen it anywhere, to be honest. Fantastic. So before we go into detail regarding the goings-on in Scotswood, I'd be keen to get some insight into your previous background. So for those listeners who don't know, what has been on the footballing CV to date? Um, Playing-wise, um, I started at Percy Main, actually. We got first game, had a great time at Percy Main. Then uh, from there, went to Whitley Bay, where I've been back and forwards a little bit. Uh, played at Pruddit for half a season, up at Ashton for a couple of years. Um, Blythe for a season and... Um, and then sort of finishing off at, um, at Willie Bay and North Shields, really. And then as far as sort of the coaching side of it, I started off with China. Um, so actually, I started off with Woody at uh, North Shields. Um, and then before moving back to Whitley, helping Chan um, out there. Um, and then back to North Shields and then into South Shields as assistant manager for the last three years. You've certainly been keeping busy then. If that's a look to the past, let's look ahead to the now, really, because let's go back to the tail end of last season. Those with an eagle eye would have spotted you on the touchline in those very last few games. So how was that part of the campaign for you? That was good. It was good insights. Um, Bestie just asked if it would come and, um, and give a hand towards the end of the season to give Dean and Bully a hand. Um, so we did the last sort of five games, which helped us sort of like understand what was there at the club before making the decision to, um, to come, on, come on board, really. Now, obviously, you must have felt that there was something there to come back and have a proper crack at it this coming season. As I've said before, many people have praised the, the infrastructure, yeah. the ambition at Blue Star and the project which is underway. Is that one of the aspects that appealed to you on a longer-term basis? Yeah, and it's like Bestie's drive, isn't it, to, to sort of get... Um, to bring the club up and get it through the leagues um, and what he does behind the scenes and what the committee do behind the scenes is, was was a, a massive pull for us because it was an issue we weren't sure whether we wanted to drop down into the alliance to, to sort of manage um, but just seeing how it was and how things were working and the ambition of the club um, was huge for us um, so that was, a, that was a big pulling point really the ambition for both Bessie and the, and, the, and the club itself in terms of dropping down, is that something you've never done before? So, is it a new kind of coaching experience coming up? No, I'd say I've been used to it. years ago. I played um, in the Alliance anyway, so okay. I'm aware of sort of like the, the issues. So, when I played at Percy Main, they were in the Alliance. So, I'm aware of the sort of issues you have and like sort of management wise as well. Um, and it was an insight towards the end of last year, just seeing the like the difference. And it's just a difference of sort of mentalities. Um, I'm just trying to change that sort of mentality. Um, around it being, um, how can I say? It's just it's just a change of mentality of wanting um, to get um, sort of the, the levels that you have at a, a northern league club or higher, where football sort of takes priority um, rather than other things. So that was that was a yeah, that was a main thing. 
in a sense then, the handful of games that you oversaw at the tail end of last season, has that almost kind of helped you this time around? Because you're not being necessarily dropped in at the deep end at a new level. You've had that experience beforehand. Yeah, so seeing the last five games, it was, it was like, you see the teams in the, in, in the alliance are like, they're generally a, a good group of, of mates who are playing together. Um, and they've got that camaraderie really and, that, and that's that, that's a great asset to them and one that we hopefully have brought the players in to have the same thing with just that extra bit of quality but it's a massive thing in the alliance because um, around those players those teams getting a, they've got a sort of good understanding of each other because they're quite close as sort of friends um, which adds sort of a different dimension to when we're playing them Yeah I guess it's a kind of kinship really isn't it that there's kind of the, yeah. commu- the community aspect yeah, of the game is much more Apparent, much more obvious at that level. So you're not just kind of going it up against is. not just going up against yeah. a team. You're going up against a, a real community, aren't you? Yeah, you do. And that's that you can see that from each one. It's really close and they fight for each other and scrap for each other. And then there's some so there are some very good individual players around the league as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Uh, we know that we, we don't think we're just going to walk things at all because we know there's um, some quality out there um, and some good teams. Now, last month, I spoke to the other two-thirds of the management team. For those who didn't manage to listen to that episode, could you describe how the trio, that included yourself, obviously, how you all work together? Um, how we work, how, how it's going to run this season, do you mean, Dan? Yes, yeah, if you could give some insight into that. All right, so both are in Pugs, who will just be assisting, assisting me. Um, they've both got some great qualities. Um, I've known them for years. Um, both I worked with Pugs initially, worked with Pugs. Um, when he was assistant manager, I was a player at um, Whitley. And he's just, um, they're both great people as well as football. People understand the game, get on with people. They'll create the right environment, both of them. Both got some really good skills. Um, and they're just a massive asset to the football club and massive um, assistance to me, the two of them. that They are really good in what they do. Now, let's focus on pre-season. We had a very quick chat about this on Monday night. But just to expand a bit further, what has been your honest assessment of how the squad have performed in the past couple of weeks? No, it's been good. We've had obviously had the Wigan game where we're just probably bullied a little bit and taken them probably a little bit by surprise. It was a bit of an eye opener. So, but apart from that, we've had a lot of players missing as everybody else has, um, just because of the way it is in pre season. But I've, we've been over the moon with it. It'd be some great. Um, some 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 of the lads have performed really well. It's probably just the Wigan game where I think we've probably let ourselves down. But apart from that, everything's been really positive. Really happy with us. Now, of course, it would be great to win every game that you're featuring in pre-season, but at the same time, there's always that danger that you shouldn't carry too much weight with the results. You shouldn't overlook or put too much of a burden on them. So I guess the question here is, how do you feel about the players? Have they been given enough of a test so far? Oh, they've definitely had been given tests, well, without the teams that we've played um, and the teams that we're going to play as well. So we've got Sunderland West End on Saturday. We've got West Allotment Tuesday and then Dunstan again. So... If anything, they've been tested more than more, um, they've been tested more than the, um, than we could have hoped for, really, with some of the teams that we're playing. So I'm happy with that. I guess ultimately you want to be challenging yourself, don't you? Because if you're not playing teams of a high level, you might be coasting teams at a below level that you're not really learning from that. So are you taking stuff away from every game? Are you learning more in defeats, perhaps? Well, you always do, don't you? It's the defeats are the ones you learn the most for because you can get carried away. The one thing I've learned is just not getting carried away with wins and um, wins or defeats. It's happened to us in the past at North Shields where you do get carried away sometimes, or you only get you only get beat. It's like the end of the world. It's just trying to keep that level level ground. Um, so that that thought process of like you know 
the highs are the highs, but let's not be silly with them. Let's just be sort of normal. They are they are what they are. And when we get when we get beat, it's not the end of the world because generally when you get beat, everyone thinks it's the end of the world and everyone's rubbish. Um, but it just doesn't work out like that. Um, so I just keep a level head with whatever we do, whether we win or we lose a draw. Absolutely, that's a great attitude to have. But in terms of pre-season, I guess the main purpose really is to get everyone as sharp as possible. How has the training aspect gone over the summer? What is the schedule on top of the fixtures? Is it, say, twice a week in terms of sessions? Yeah, so twice twice a week. Obviously, the lads have been playing midweek as now. So when we've been playing a midweek game, um, we'll be training sort of the once. So looking at it now, we've got obviously West End. Saturday, Tuesday, we've got allotments and Thursday we'll train. Saturday, we'll wait at Dunstan and then we'll have two training sessions before we'll go into the first home game of the season. Then after that, it'll be, we've got midweek games, so we'll be training once and playing once. So that's the that's the way we've been running it. What is the, I guess, the process for the next week? Is it, again, just trying to get fitness, good performances? Obviously, wins would be a great indicator to the start of the season. But is it all just maintaining the levels that you've currently shown in the past couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah, there's some people will need to get some more minutes. Um, some people, no, there's not many people that have played 90 minutes. So it's trying to get 90 minutes in, in quite a few of the lads. And some of the lads who have just come back from holiday get their fitness levels up by maybe not playing as much, but doing a little bit of running um, and, and improving their fitness levels. So they're ready to go in a couple of weeks. So they just need to catch up really. But yeah, getting more minutes out of people, um, getting 90 minutes in the people over the next uh, three games. In terms of the players, how are they responding to the sessions? I took a look at one of the training sessions a week or so ago, and from an outsider's point of view, it certainly looks like they are engaged, taking things on board from what you and the other management set up are saying. Is that a fair assumption to make? Yeah, they, they have been. They've all been excellent. Um, got no um, no issues with any of them. Everything's been perfect so far. Um, so uh, they seem to be taking things on board and by some of the performances. Um, especially, I thought Ashton in the first half were really, really good in the way we wanted to press the ball. Um, we only did a little bit of work on pressing, but with some clever players in amongst um, the team and the midfield and at the back, and pressed really, really well for that first um, that first half. So that's the way we want to go. Did a little bit of analysis on that during the week and just saying this is exactly what it is that we want. Um, but to be fair to the players, it's them that have um, pushed that. We did a little bit of work on it, but we have signed some really experienced and clever players who know how to play and know how to press right. In terms of the players that you have bought into the club over the summer, are they the ones that are going to want to, that's the best way to put this, I guess, utilise your playing style, your sort of plan A, with a sort of plan A always the favourite. Do you also have a plan B without giving too much away as well? Yeah, there's probably got, I suppose, three ways. Uh, that we're going to play um, and it'll just all depend on the personnel that are there to be honest with you so um, you know which have a way of play whether we're um, of some sort of 4-3-3 play, we've got the ability to play diamonds we haven't looked at playing with three at the back but we potentially could um, but yeah there's, there's definitely a couple of ways that would change things um, with the personnel that we've got um, within the squad and there's a couple of systems we've been working on in particular um, but yeah um You've got, you've got to have it, haven't you? Yeah. If you don't have that sort of plan B and C, um, you're going to struggle. So, yeah, I think the lads are that, they're clever enough anyway, intelligence football-wise and how they, what they should be doing, all of them as well, not just the experienced ones, but some of the other ones being some of the younger lads, like Sir Joe Walker has been magnificent in his understanding of where he should be and what he should do. Is, and, um, and Dan Walden as well is, is really, really good. So, yeah, happy with everything at the minute, Dan. Well, that leads us nicely into the new Northern Alliance season. It's going to be another competitive division, that's for sure. The question is, 
Do you think Blue Star could find themselves top of the table come the end of the season? No, I wouldn't be here otherwise. Fantastic. Uh, that's the that's the plan, Dan. Um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Person who got first, have obviously had some good good results. We've got some really good young players. I think they'll be seen standing a friendly. It is a friendly, to be fair. Like, but um, they've got some good young players. I'm, I'm aware of. So, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be difficult. There's a lot of good teams in there, as in the Newcastle Independent, Borough, and Killingworth, um, Wallet, all these all these teams are going to be up there challenging. Yeah, I mean that's not to do any other team in the league a disservice, but it's great having ambition. But I guess you have the kind of realization that it's not ambition that won't be unfulfilled at the same time. No, we'll, we hope not. Um, I mean, that's, as I say, that's the whole reason we're here. We don't want to unfulfill. We want to fulfill that ambition. We want to get up this in the Northern League. But then we want to progress through the Northern League. And that's the ambition of the football club and the ambition of us. And it's up to me, Cooks, Boza, and the players to make sure that um, we fulfill that ambition over the next few years. Then again, why stop at the league? Do you think you also have the personnel to deliver a cup or two? Yeah, well, um, definitely. Ultimately, it's like anybody in it. It's the same as the other teams want to win as much as you can. Um, we'll be having a shot at everything. Um, I think the club played 36 games last year. I don't think they've done, obviously done well in the league, but some of the cups got knocked out early. But we want to progress through all of the cups and try and win as much as we can, but realising that the main thing is getting out the league and winning it. Of course, that is the top priority. Does that mean you also need the squad to compete on multiple fronts? Because I guess the player availability is going to be key. There's always going to be fitness issues and injuries. So is it making sure that you've got a decent-sized squad and all those players are ready to be called upon when needed? Yeah, so I think we're going to carry about 22 initially. Um, Obviously, things will change. We've got the reserves. who have got some really good players in who have appeared in pre-season so we can utilise them and bring them on as well so they, they, they're getting um, if we do have any issues ourselves we can utilise um, the reserves there like Dean will then utilise the under-18s um, that David has so there's a good pro- process in place around that and that's one good thing about the club as far as we're concerned is that there's a lot of players at the club that we can utilise rather than just sort of having to bring people in all the time and you know different players coming in and out of the club and just have a steady progression of what we've got what we're keeping but also utilising the younger players in the reserves and on the Indians. With that in mind how important is the pipeline or conveyor belt however you want to label it how important is that going to be this season? Yeah, it's it's it is not just this season, but it's something that we're looking at, and there's got a sort. Of, we're trying to get like the plans in place to look at that, to bring the right players in, the younger players in. We've got some good connections. The club itself um, has some good connections with good people who put uh, players, younger players, um, to, um, sort of shove them towards us um, into the under 18s, into the club itself, under the 18s, into the reserves. Um, and you know it's it's vital that we do that, and that's the whole point. We don't want the younger players coming in thinking they're never going to get a chance for first team football. Yes, we've got some sort of experienced players that were brought in, but you know at the end of the day, it's up to it's up to them to push them experienced players out, and it's up to the experienced players when they they're getting pushed to to up at another level, and it's a win win. We're we're concerned, but yeah, there's some good progress being made in respect of the um, sort of I want to sort of coaching. Coaching words, but um, a pathway for the players to come um, right the way through the club into the first team, um, and we've got the right people at the club now in the first team to be able to bring them young players on, because the players that have been brought in not just excellent players, the the, the top 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 people, um, and that was one of the main things that we needed to do, and we've done. Um, so yeah, all all very positive. Now, in terms of personnel on the field, 
Do you think you're where you are or where you need to be, shall I say, in terms of recruitment? Without giving too much away, could there still be scope for a couple of new faces before the season gets underway? Maybe Dan, but not particularly looking. Okay. Um, you know, something might come come along. Um, we're happy with what we've got. We're happy with the personnel that's that's in there. Something always does come up, but that's a decision that's going to be, have to be much better than what we've got for them to for us to bring them in. Um, we don't want to just. I'm really happy with the way the squad is at the minute. Um, I one one or two might come up, Dan, and we might take action on those, but um, we're not actively sort of looking for somebody at the minute at all. And finally, if there are to be new faces, is the sales pitch easier for you because you can show firsthand what the club is trying to achieve, that being the facilities, the infrastructure, the ambitions? Does it make it easier to try and get a player over the line? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all you have to do is really bring them up. Once you've got them, you get them into the to the ground. The likes of Curtis getting Curtis up, getting Craig McFarlane up. They hadn't been to the ground before, so... You know, when they see it, it's like, goodness me, the setup's magnificent. And as soon as we can get them through the door and see the ground and see what it's about, the sort of forget around the sort of it's what what league it is, they realise that it's the, the facilities are, are as good as anywhere. Um, so yeah, getting them up there, showing them rounds a massive thing for us when we do get them players. Fantastic. I think that's all my questions for this week. Brian, is there anything that you Nothing. would like to add before we go? No, not at all. But um, thanks very much, Dan. Appreciate it. Not a problem, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you ever so much for your time. Okay, mate. Speak to you soon. Okay, that neatly brings an end to this podcast episode. Just a quick bit of admin, as usual. The first team are in action in three friendlies across the next week or so, all on the road. Hopefully, you'll be able to lend your support away from Scotswood. While, of course, the season gets underway proper on August 6th as we host Percy Maine. Don't forget to purchase your season tickets if you haven't done so already. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at DanTracy1983. To wrap things up, I just need to thank Brian for his time once again. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. And until next time, goodbye.